All right. Welcome back to Operatory 9. This is our um, second episode, so thank you if you're returning to listen to another one. We've got some exciting stuff on the docket today. I'm again here. I'm Chris Hendricks, and I'm again here with... Jason Gonzalez. Um, Today we're going to talk about... A story that came up in the news recently, this was the vape pen that exploded in the kid's face, breaking his jaw, damaging teeth, etc. And that kind of got us talking about some of the wackier traumas that we've come across during our careers. And we thought we'd just kind of reminisce and break down some of the crazy stuff that can happen. Number, number one, this kid was 17 years old. Okay. Um, do we have a legal age for e-cigarettes? I know that... For regular cigarettes, it's 18. Is that correct? It has to be. It has, you know, it has to be because there was a child at my son's middle school who was almost kicked out of school for selling vape-related products to the fellow now, students. Now, it may be state to state, but I'm pretty sure it's not. <laughs> I'm guessing that at 17, it's underage. What's interesting is that his, the mom, there's a video online. So we're, if you didn't hear about this story, just Google up vape pen explodes in kids mouth or something it'll be on you'll, our facebook page you'll find as well. it we can post up a link also but this kid's mom was not concerned that his son was vaping underage rather concerned about the safety of vaping of vaping in vape general. devices in general yes so i guess if my 17 year old was vaping i'd be like yeah serve you right for having that thing blow up in your I face mean, i'm wondering if she's more like no these vape pens have got to go cigarettes do the real deal it was, it, was it was <laughs> it all right all right kid we're done vaping this is a real thing or nothing we, we gotta go back in fact you you're what, rolling your own you from now what? on from now we, on you're rolling your own are not safe no nope. what is safe <laughs> traditional cigarettes, traditional cigarettes. Is it, you know what it's really gonna bring it all around because people are saying that vape vaping e-cigs are gonna help people stop smoking they're gonna move people from cigarettes because they're different like better i don't know um but no not really right this more dangerous future's dangerous place kids it's a dangerous place so a couple of things that were crazy about this is one i guess i had no idea a vape pen could be so powerful when it explodes and this isn't the only one there's there have been multiple that the video even shows like video cameras showing them exploding in people's pockets um right. so they've they, this has been an this has okay. happened a number of times. So this is like a um, would you rather. Vape pen's going to explode. Would you rather Where? be vaping or have it explode in your pocket? You, you know saw what? it broke this kid's jaw. No. Now, now, it makes me think of the different pants I've worn in the past. Some are a little bit closer to the front. Some are more on the side. So it's going to depend on so, pocket position. Yes, yes, pocket position, I think, is key. Take it to the hip, but not at the midline. I'm going with cargo pants. <laughs> cargo <laughs> pants carrying my e-cigarette, I think, is the safest way to go. Might blow out your knee, but... I mean, it's it's better than the alternative, certainly in the pants region. Okay, and then the other thing that I've been noticing is people that are using... Now, this isn't a generalized blanket statement, but... Uh, I've seen a lot of people that wear their pants below the the ankles anyway with mm. uh, having those. So they may not be in any of the harmful areas that we may be worried about. That's a good point. That's a good point. A lot of the youth we see these days vaping don't wear their pants that high. No. Well, the higher pants are coming back, certainly for the ladies. 
So maybe girls could approach it differently. But the, so but the anyway. X-ray, the CT scan that's on there is quite impressive. It is good, like a midline mandibular fracture. It and wasn't displaced, oral... or at least maybe in this image they had already repositioned it a little bit, but it's crazy. And as the oral surgeon um, describes in the video there, it has to take a considerable amount of force to crack the jaw, the mandibular right. jaw. You have to have a lot of force to get that crack going on. I mean, imagine a lot of the traumas that I, I remember hearing about or even seeing in residency, they, they were running really fast, fell on their, uh, on their face, or had some, some blunt instrument uh, going at a considerable speed. So that, that's impressive. Yeah, I didn't see that many mandibular fractures, true fractures in my residency where like through and through like this one, um, where you'd come in, you know, they'd have like a big step in the occlusal plane or something. But we did see one, it was apparently from a punch, but it was a big guy. I mean, we were, you know, you know, I'm in peds, but we were seeing, you know, 18 year olds coming to the children's hospital and you could, you know, a hard, hard punch could break the lower jaw, but not that frequently. And certainly we saw like, Baseball bats could do it. Um, a few other things. Brass knuckles. We're gonna we're gonna circle back around to the brass knucks. I don't want to go there quite yet, <laughs> but they could do it. Um, but yeah, so this kid, it's broken through. Apparently, the surgeon says it vaporized some of the tissue. It looks like in the image that they show in the um, on this uh, NBC News article that we were looking at, they looks like they splinted him on the lower right. Looks like the um, Looks like they sacrificed. Looks like he lost two central incisors. Looks like uh, so the lower left one and two are gone. Looks like though in the image the lower left one is present but displaced considerably. It looks like the lower right one was kind of smashed out of the bone, but it appears from the image later on in this article that they put it back into the bone. Clearly not where it came from. They shoved it much lower, but then splinted it. And then splinted it to the adjacent teeth. And it looks like you're looking at his canine on the other side there. So, you know, lost a couple lower incisors. Um, in my limited experience doing prosthodontics, those are not the best to restore. And he's probably going to have a considerable defect down there after he heals up. But kid's going to be okay. You know, worse things than losing a couple of teeth. <laughs> but as I was mentioning, this is what the story reminded me of. It's like some of the crazy stuff you'd hear when you were a resident. And we covered, call it a pretty busy children's hospital. And you got a lot of teenagers in. The kids was small and tragic. And um, we got in teenagers who had been in fights or other things. Anyway, one of the kids who came in, this was, we were probably brand new first year residents, had been there maybe one or two weeks. And I get a call from one of my fellow residents who's covering call at the hospital at the time. And he says, you got to see this patient I got here in the, in the ER. And I'm like, okay, you know, what is it? Like, well, he got punched with brass knuckles. I'm like, oh, that sounds bad. He's like, it's way worse than you think. And he texts <laughs> me a picture of this. And in this picture is a teenage boy. He's got like canine to canine his teeth are knocked out of his mouth, but they're not completely gone because he was in full ortho at the time. So they're dangling from They're the dangling from the wire. Reasons. He's got like a wire, and all the teeth are punched out of the bone. You can see the roots of all of them. They're just dangling from the wire. So he was. what he did in the ER is he 
removed the ortho wire, re-implanted the teeth, and then placed a new wire, and they tried to like hold it all together. I do know for Did fact. Did they do any root canals on them? Uh, the kid, he lost all of his front teeth. Uh, we didn't. We did a little bit of his follow up work, and then he went somewhere. He went somewhere else. We kind of lost track of him. But it turns out his orthodontist was somebody in the community who we came into contact with, and we followed up. We said, "Oh my gosh, what happened to this guy?" They're like, "Oh yeah, he lost all those teeth. They just never stabilized. He lost them all." But my, and we'll post up a picture of this image. But the most stunning thing to me of this whole story is. What an amazing job of orthodontic bonding. That I, all I am teeth, thinking, yes. All the teeth managed to stay on there yes. with that blow. Exactly. In our practice, we have kids who come in. They were chewing on clouds, and they broke off like 10 brackets. This guy took a serious punch. With brass with knuckles. brass knuckles. <laughs> knocked out six of his teeth. They break through the bone, and guess what? He didn't lose a single bracket. That's unbelievable. So however those teeth were bonded, we that's be, the right way. This is what we should be teaching the, the staff members is like this is the kind of bonding that we want. Brass that knuckles should, bonding. Yes, brass can, knuckles bonding. Can it, would this stand up to the brass knuckles test? No, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> Clearly it wasn't dry enough when you bonded that. Pretty amazing. Pretty sad. The kid did have when we actually got a hold of his ortho records because we wanted to follow up on this case, he had some root loss. So he had some probable orthodontic root loss so roots were a little bit shorter but still i mean even the shortest of canines is pretty darn short you're in detroit that seems like a rowdy place for residency yes so i mean i I have a number of experiences the top uh the topic rowdy experiences that i had we had a and these were very sad but I had a 14-year-old that came in. Um, he had there was somebody that jumped the fence and pistol whipped him right in the face. That uh, we had to we had to reset his teeth for that. Um, one that's a, a little bit more on the humorous side, at least from my standpoint, is we we had I was called in to the hospital. <laughs> at least from your standpoint, continue. Um, from I, I got um, a kid that's 16 years old. He came in with a uh, completely fractured um, down the middle of the the crown, uh, eight and nine. And of course, my uh, questions, uh, how did this happen? And uh, the kid kid looked very shameful. He was very embarrassed. And uh, the dad was say, well, tell the man, (laughs) tell the man what happened. And he says, well, I was watching a scary movie and I had a hammer in my hand. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, there was a point where in the movie where um, something was very scary, and out of a reaction, I, I hit myself in the mouth. And that was a very incredible story. Very incredible. Um, he did. He we um, had to do root canals on on both of those teeth, and were able to restore them. But um, quite quite the trauma. Now now, th- but this isn't the first time that we've had. Uh, heard of a story involving a hammer in the mouth, is it? <laughs> no. No. In fact, I like it. I'm glad, glad we're going there. Let's, so this is another news story. So one of my hobbies is paying attention to the dental news and just kind of seeing what's going on in the world of dentistry. Maybe hobbies is 
a strong word for that, but something that I enjoy doing is I kind of collect the stories, and this is kind of where the podcast was born, was this collection of news stories. Anyway, one of them was the girl, this was a, this came out, the article I'm citing here is from the New York Post, and this is titled, Teen Accepts Dare to Put a Hammer in Mouth and Gets It Stuck. And I'll just edit this okay. out. Yeah, we're back. Okay, teenage girl, I don't know, to the 14 years old, the 15-year-old son. From Louisiana. He's also ridiculous, but I can't, but not quite in this kind of way. But this is kind of an interesting story because this is a mix of social media dare slash being really stupid slash being a 14-year-old girl. So the story goes, this girl is infatuated with the Korean boy band BTS. And if you haven't taken a minute to get to know BTS, we did after this story. It's a delight. It's absolutely delightful. We've got a couple live um, videos up there from when they did SNL, which is great. Um, it's not just all video magic, okay? It's real. So this girl loved them so much that she was saying, talking to her quote-unquote friends on social media and said, oh, I love this band so much, I could stick a hammer in my mouth. Because that's a thing. <laughs> Because, right? because I love this so I... much. I'll put a hammer in my mouth. <laughs> this is the most absurd thing ever. Anyway, of course she does. It gets stuck. And it looks like about 10 minutes later, they were able to get it out of her mouth. So can, can we take a step back for a moment and discuss the, the scenario in which this would have had to happen? Yes. Is there a toolbox next to her? Is this something that she said... You know what? I mean, I, ha- I would stick a hammer in my. I'm going to go find a hammer in my dad's garage, and and go find it. Or was that the first thing that she saw? I want to know what the scenario was. You know, it's a good question. And because what I, why a hammer? The article has a quote from her mom where she's reportedly hiding the toolbox. Okay, that means toolbox was presumably somewhere where her daughter could find it. But yeah, still, I'm imagining that she's listening to BTS, taking in all their like multicolored hair. They look like a like sprinkles or something, these kids. I was thinking like, like sherbet. <laughs> <laughs> Soaking it in, loves it so much. She's on her phone, Snapchatting how much she loves them. Someone's like, hey, do you really? Oh, I love them so much. I'm going to put a hammer in my mouth. Oh, because I got one right here. The other thing is there's different types of hammers, right? Yeah. There's the kind of like the round end, and then there's the, like the claw. This was the claw. This, this was is apparently the a claw. That, yes. And there's a picture on online. We'll also post this on our Facebook page so that you can see it. But it's not, I mean, I mean, yes, I, I now, I, I can see how much that she loves this band. After- I, I, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And I love the, um, her, the, of course, she Instagrammed it. How do you tell your mom that you got a hammer stuck she in has, your mouth? I mean, at the time, she had almost 7,000 likes. Yeah, I mean, they probably that. blew up. So, she's she's going to be a celebrity now. Watch for her on reality TV doing something spectacular. Or maybe like a um, one of those ER reenactment shows, you know, where she gets the hammer stuck in her mouth and she comes in. You know? Yeah. Those I mean, could be... I mean, at that time, she may decide to... Uh, have the shadow face and blur it out. She may not <laughs> the, be as... The robot voice. Yes. yes. Reading her quote, it was too big to fit in my mouth in the first place, but getting it out was even more of a problem. That's a real quote. Yeah. 
from her from the story. So the point is, kids do stupid things, and we work with a lot of kids so we get to see it. We had um, a kid just, I don't know, it's been a few months now where he came in on our emergency schedule here in the office, and the emergency appointment said, kid got bead stuck on tooth. I'm like, bead. What's a what do you get a bead like? What kind of and bead? Can be different yeah, we're kind of thinking like, what a bead stuck in his tooth? We're trying to figure this thing out, and they can't get it off at home. So they show up. We get him in the clinic. Take a look. It is a miniature, like school block, like alphabet school block bead. It has like a letter on it, and it's small and had a hole in it. That you could maybe make a bracelet or necklace. He bit into it. And his lower primary incisor shoved right through this thing and got stuck. All the way around? Did he had a... I mean, the kid... We got a picture. Did he have a sizable diastema we'll get, to begin with to allow that to happen? Or did he create one? He created one. Nice. He created one. And what was great is you can look at it and it was just hilarious. He, he opens up and he's got this little school block, micro school block stuck on his tooth. We laughed for a while. Eventually got the drill and drilled the thing off. And now, the, the question all is, was, well. did, was it an appropriate letter? Like, was it the, the first letter of his name? That, oh. I mean, is that because that would have I? I don't. You know what? Keeping it there. We're gonna have to do some homework on that one because I actually don't know and <laughs> remiss to say. I wish I did know. Okay, so when I was in residency, one of the cases I saw, and this is a pretty insane one, was a teenage guy. I remember we got called in. I don't know. It was definitely late at night. Late at night, you get the call. It's always teenagers in a fight. This guy, apparently, the police were there trying to arrest his mother for something. He was at the house. 17-year-old boy decides he's going to keep the officers from arresting his mom. So he attacks the officers. Mind you, he's also high at the time. So also not great. One thing leads to another... And we get the call, show up at the ER, he's handcuffed to the bed. Okay, here's this kid, handcuffed to the bed, and his mouth and teeth are all smashed up. They've been, he's got some luxations all across his upper incisors. I can't remember exactly which ones, but I think it was like, you know, 9, 10, luxated. Can't bite down quite right. And we're like, whoa, you know, what happened here? Did you get punched? He got hit with the end of a police flashlight. Which, okay, I'm trying to imagine. All right, punk kid. Maglite, yeah. Maglite, yeah. big maglite, trying to keep his mom from being arrested, but is also high. And the officer's there, and I'm like, you know, so what happened? And he's like, oh, well, officer says, as I was pulling my flashlight out from my belt, I pulled it out, and it whipped up and hit him in the mouth. Ooh. I'm like, I bet it did. Convenient. Yeah, that's real convenient. <laughs> yeah, anytime you're unholstering your flashlight, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get what a safe distance, really right? right? What is the safe distance to unholster a flashlight? Well, this kid was not. He this, wasn't within that. He, yeah, he was <laughs> too far in the danger zone. Got hit. Okay, so we splint him up, and this was also interesting to me because I was. I feel like I remember being alone doing this, but I'm certain somebody was there helping me. I remember I'd go to splint this guy, and we had like a tool cart that we'd roll in with all of our dental tools. And the one thing we had for splinting material was fishing line. And I always assumed that we had fishing line there because we were just cheap. 
Like, yeah, we're cheap. What's the cheapest possible thing we can use to splint teeth? Then ah, again, you're, fishing you're line. also in Rhode Island, so you might need to go out, yeah, take a break. Yeah, we're in right? Providence. You might want to go fishing. So maybe <laughs> somebody had some fishing line, and they got it. So we splinted this guy with fishing line and um, splint him up, and we did a huge splint on this thing. I mean, we're talking like premolar to premolar or something, you know. And I, if I remember correctly, it popped off like three or four times while we were doing it. It was a lot of work. We finally, you know, and this kid, he's being a baby. He's crying. He's handcuffed to the bed. We get all set up, and he comes back to the hospital for a follow-up a few days later. Everything looks okay. We're like, all right, buddy. We're going to leave this splint on for another, you know, two weeks or whatever we are going to leave it for. Have you come back? We're going to take it off. Great, he says. So he he leaves, doesn't make his two-week follow-up. Of course not. And then I never see him again. Until. Until. <laughs> months go by. Months go by. This would have been during the start of my residency. So probably would have been if we started in July. I probably saw this guy maybe August, I'm guessing. He shows up again the night of his senior prom. So How many prom, months has gone Prom by? is usually what, like April? Yeah. Like, okay. So whatever that is, it's been many months. And this is no two weeks. This guy shows up at the clinic, and I'm like... Eight months. <laughs> Eight months. Eight months. You know what? Why not? <laughs> He's there. I'm like, hey, it's so good to see you. I remember. I'm like, how are those teeth? He's like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. I'm like, okay. And he opens his mouth, and he has like an inch and a half of fishing line that just falls out as soon as he opens his lips. But it's still bonded to like three teeth. So it didn't fall out. It didn't fall out completely. Out. It's but it's hanging out. So it's like half the- bonded, and the rest is hanging out. And I'm like, oh, so it looks like this thing broke. Yeah, yeah. How long has it been broken? A real long time, he says. <laughs> and I'm just imagining. You have the, parents you, that are irritated by day one that like their like kids are bothering the hell oh, out of them oh, yeah. for not. Oh, there's oh, my, there's a wire that's my that's wire's on. loose. It's pokey. No, no. This kid rolled for with. Me. A piece of months. fishing line with hunks of composite stuck on it, hanging out of his mouth. Eating for the eight same. months. Eating doing with everything. It. Doing everything. Talking. This oh, is... Sorry. Let me put that right back yeah. in there. Oh, what's that thing hanging out of your mouth? Oh, yeah, that's my splint. <laughs> I need that. What's it splinting? Everything, obviously. <laughs> my doctor said I should have it on. Should, I should have it on. <laughs> like, you're not responsible enough to follow up and come to your follow up, yet you'll keep the splint on. Like, Really, you couldn't go in there and cut it with something? I mean, I've had people cut out like... Yeah, take a little wire cutter and cut it off because it's been bothering... Oh, the braces have been bothering I have seen now. people cut out like a quad helix on their own at home. I mean, those things are connected in... I mean, that's some serious cutting inside your kid's mouth. Yet this kid on the facials of his teeth couldn't take this thing out. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, I'm like, also wow. Also goes to show you... A lot better dedication in residency. Oh, my god! Not only by the staff that are gluing these things in there, but also the patients that are just so reliable. Oh, seriously. <laughs> so I remember saying to this guy, like, so wh- why did you come now? And he was like, oh, I was hoping I could get this out before prom. I was like, <laughs> when's prom? Tonight. That night. Like, well, I'm glad you found reason to come. So, of course, we took it off. I'm, I can't even remember... If we took x-rays, I would hope I'm sure it was a hospital. I'm sure we followed some protocols. I'm sure we took some PAs of his teeth. And I don't remember him needing any some more treatment. Some degree of ankylosis from yeah, having, just... <laughs> having those in there for eight months. Oh, it's my It's supposed gosh. to be a, a four-week 
right at the most well this is a very flexible wire so what's interesting so brings up a couple of important questions number one it wasn't a wire no, yes exactly <laughs> it's not this a is, wire this, this is, is fishing, fishing line. line this is fishing line so i remember you know fishing line having come up in boards and whatnot but i couldn't really remember and um I was questioning it, but you did some research. Yeah. So or texted a friend studying for wire, boards. Is that what you did? Forty to sixty pound uh, fishing line is recommended, or a uh, thin uh, titanium. Okay. Wire. So for somebody who isn't familiar with the um, test You're weight of Walmart. fishing, going to Walmart. Going to Walmart. I'm looking for some forty armamentarium for my trauma kit, <laughs> and I'm going to the fishing aisle. So. Where? <laughs> well, I googled this up. Which fish do you would you catch on forty to sixty pound weight? Big tuna, big salmon, big kingfish, big snapper. Huge fish, huge fish, <laughs> like monstrous fish. Where so, probably in New Mexico, where we're at, we're like no, we don't carry that no, because no. we don't have fish that big. No, you're not going to go to Cabela's <laughs> here and fill out your trauma kit with sixty pound <laughs> fishing line. Maybe somebody fishes for catfish that big. Maybe they just catch them by hand. Who knows? Anyway, I didn't know that, um, that there was a specific type of fishing line. It makes sense. I also found out that um, you need monofilament. So in fishing, and I didn't fish a lot. I did some fishing in residency. Actually, again, I was in Providence. With the, you know, took the line from the hospital to fill out my rod. <laughs> You know, we were cheap back then. But there's braided and monofilament. You want monofilament. And so I actually Googled up the difference, watched some YouTubes from some fishing authorities. And from your And from, from this research, research did I have you learned find out why? Yes. Okay. Monofilament is more abrasion resistant and it is stretchier. And probably most importantly for dental, it's the cheapest. So that's of course, monofilament. That's monofilament. Braided, stretches less, can kind of fray and tear, and is much more expensive. Now, the question that we have to ask ourselves is if your patient were to have had some of this, the, the braided stuff, probably wouldn't have lasted quite as long, and he'd probably be okay, and probably would have been able to go to prom without visiting you. That's <laughs> probably true. That's probably true. He may have still had the composite on his teeth, or maybe some... Who, who knows? You know what? I tell you what, in Providence, you know what we did well? We bonded stuff well. Okay, a splint that went eight months, braces that Let's, that survived okay, brass knuckles. Half of it, half of it was bonded well. Half of it was bonded. Yes, <laughs> that lasted eight months. It was partially the other bonded. Half good. Didn't other last half did not make it. Did not make it. He was eating clouds on the other half when it broke free. His mom wouldn't call us. I don't know why not. Tell us we're the worst. Okay, <laughs> so that was a. That was a good one. And so when I got into practice soon after, there was a joint AAPD, AAO meeting in Florida, which is appropriate, not talking about fishing. And it was a, this joint pedo-ortho meeting. One of the topics we addressed, we they addressed that I was present for, was trauma protocols. And talked about the advantages of moving straight into an orthodontic wire instead of using like a you know a soft wire of some other kind and i have to say after having been in practice for a number of years i completely agree because every time you splint a kid and we've done this too we had a 
we had a case. Oh, this is a good one. This is a good story. Um, we had a case where I learned it's better to go to ortho wire first, and this is when it happened. I was in Moab on a mountain biking trip with some. My family was there actually, and we went. It was we were getting ready to come home. It must have been a Saturday or Sunday, and we were in a Mexican restaurant going in to get some food. And I got a call on my cell phone. The practice was pretty small at the time. People called my cell, and it's a mom. And she says, my kid just crashed on his bike or her bike and knocked out her front four teeth and they're permanent teeth. And I'm really freaking out. And I'm thinking like, yeah, right. You know, how old's your kid? And she's like, oh, she's seven. I'm like, uh, really? It's permanent teeth, probably baby teeth. You know, what are the odds you crash on your bike? And the only thing that happens is you knock out your four brand new permanent teeth. I'm like, not likely. So I, I kind of blow it off. I'm like, oh, you know what? Text me a picture. And I go into the restaurant. I remember sitting down in the restaurant, and I get this text message. I pick up the phone, and I look. And in the palm of her hand, she's got four permanent incisors. With Good like, Lord. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. With, like, some milk on her hand. They'd been preserving them in milk. And I remember just thinking, like, oh, no. Screwed. This is bad. We are screwed. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me see what I can do. Now, at that time, I had my... Uh, first associate working with me and I call him and he's home now he didn't have any trauma training he had done a GPR but had never done a reimplantation. I was like hey Chris um, you know how to reimplant teeth he's like no I was like all right I'm gonna walk you through it can you go to the office in like 45 minutes he's like sure so this family lived about 45 minutes away I called my lead ortho assistant called him they met at the office he numbed the kid up, re-implanted the teeth, and I had the ortho assistant um, bond the kid up. And what I had her do was I had her put brackets on the teeth. First before First, putting yeah, them in there. Yeah. So she just t- quickly glued a bracket on and then popped them in the kid's mouth. And then we threw a wire on, secured it, distally to that, and it was fantastic. This probably happened after I had been at the joint meeting where they had talked about doing that. And I just remember it was like for the first time I didn't have a kid who we had put things back in order, splinted it. And then by the time we got the splint off, the teeth still weren't quite right. And we're like, okay, well, what do we do about getting the teeth right? Well, now you got to do ortho. Instead, it was ready to rock. And we actually kept those teeth moving. And in fact, one of them, we had endo done on all four. One of them tried to ankylose on us. And we actually moved it before it could we tested them regularly and i remember we had this one we're like oh, i think this thing's gonna ankle it you could just kind of hear it when you're tapping it mm-hmm. and we ended up kind of luxating it a little bit and then tweaking the ortho wire a little bit to kind of push it and we moved it and it did not ankylose in the end and we lined them up we ended up at one point just transitioning into full ortho so we finished her it's kind of like a phase one we came back and finished her in full ortho later um it turned out perfect now, are you suggesting to our orthodontic listeners that they should be extracting teeth first, placing brackets, and then replacing I mean, them? I mean, let's, let's be honest. This has to be the ideal. <laughs> this is the new ideal. Remember in dental school when they talked about the in-hand, or, in-hand endo, right? Like, oh, oh man, you got this in-hand tooth. In-hand ortho. Yeah, this is in-hand ortho. It's, it works out brilliantly. You know what? It's better than like Wilcodonics, better than corticotomies. It's, it's perfect. Right. Sounds like we're going to be hearing a study yes it's coming up it's coming up 
Yeah, but so we've done recently, so my brother in the practice saw a trauma recently and saw it over a weekend and splinted it just with a wire and composite. And what sucked was the kid was pretty sore. The occlusion wasn't great. We ended up having to take it all off and move him into brackets anyway so we could really align it. You know, if you can't, with finger pressure, put the tooth back where it belongs so the kid can actually occlude, you're going to have to move the tooth anyway. So it makes way more sense. So I'm a big advocate of moving straight to a light ortho wire. I mean, those soft wires, especially in these in like a modern big self-ligating bracket, you've got a ton of slop, but you also have enough rigidity that it kind of holds things together. It's nice. Um, and we've had really good outcomes with it. Um, so all this talk of trauma... Reminds me of a certain incident you had involving your own dental trauma at one of our well, I hope only had one famous so I can places. Only imagine that which one you're talking about. We have here in the great city of Santa Fe a, a um, Japanese spa, Japanese bathhouse bath here. Um, Google which, it. Look up Tina Fey, Ten Thousand Waves, Santa Fe. If just to get some context, <laughs> get some context of what it's like. <laughs> um, but this, uh, me and my wife went there. They were they uh, offer a uh, a private suite there, um, and I generally in my um, heart rate, my my um, blood pressure is is generally low, and so. Little did I know that, I mean, getting out of a hot tub, I don't go hot tubbing very, very much. You get out too quickly, boy, your, your blood pressure goes down even more. <laughs> and so I may have freaked my wife out by fainting and uh, landed on my um, upper left too, so my lateral incisor, um, and had a good, uh, had a chip, but then uh, went to go to one of my buds to get it looked at, and it's it's no longer vital. <laughs> but I had to have it repaired. So that was my now. The I other feel thing like you glossed over the most important that I was butt of, naked. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> but what were you wearing at the time? When this happened? And my wife is thinking, what do I do with this passed out? Man, no, just, in did, here, I gotta, I gotta call on somebody to come and help. Did you pass out? Well, yes, she saw so me. She pass saw out. you yes, pass out. Yes, she so. saw me pass out. And no, then where, wait, she, hold on. And then, and then the waves. No, this where is at were the you? end. Where this, were you? Where was I? You were I? getting straight out of the hot tub. I was getting straight out of the hot tub. Okay. And then I um, was walking because we they give you a. Your time yeah, is almost done. Right. They send like a chime in one of the private rooms, and then, that means it's time to get yeah, out of the hot tub. Yeah, it's time to get up, and so it. Been like Correct me 10, if I'm wrong. You also had a dinner reservation. Yes, we did. Right after we had a dinner okay. dinner reservation right after, and um, the chime was like, um, "Excuse me, you're still you're still there. We we need you to move." And my wife's like, "My husband passed out." Oh, because it's an I intercom. Think, yes, it's an intercom. She's like, "I need. I may need some help." <laughs> And she's like trying to scratch around, putting a robe. So was she on trying me. to dress you yes. while you were yes. like coming out yes. of this vasovagal magic? <laughs> So yes, so it's a beautiful, beautiful experience. I, I don't recommend everybody to experience it, but it does keep the magic alive. But you, 
You did go to dinner immediately afterwards, right? Yes, we went. Well, and they were very willing to help me get there. They were so making sure that I'm happy, I that I am enjoying my experience there at the Ten Thousand Waves. But I'm getting over. Oh, oh no! Let us let us drive you. It's it's just a walk over there. No, 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 no. Yeah, and then my the favorite part, my favorite part is that they're okay. Well, we do need to document this. We and we're gonna call in a couple days to see if you're okay. And that the next couple days, I was and I found out that that tooth is is non-vital. So I was I was hoping to kind of give them a little bit of a hard time to say, well, I mean, my my tooth is dead. I may need a root canal um, to kind of see. What, I just wanted to see what they would say. And so they. Um, I got a call and I said, this is, I don't know, Glenn from 10,000 Waves. And I just wanted, like, after your incident, wanted to see how you, so how are you doing? I said, I'm doing good. Well, that's great. Have a nice day. <laughs> they, they hung out that phone. He said, good. He said he was good. And we got it recorded. <laughs> this is exactly right. He had the recorder running. He's good. Done. The lawyer said, that's all we needed. That's all we needed. So that we're, we're, we're not responsible. So I like that. Yeah. You know, it's um I do remember um in my lit review as a resident, one of the leading causes of dental trauma in certain Scandinavian countries was like water parks, water slides. I think you could you might classify that. <laughs> it's like being like a water it's park. kinda like a water park. <laughs> except you're naked. Well, it's, <laughs> I mean I mean, there are different kind of water parks out there. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that could be a subtype. I mean, it depends on where you are in Europe. I mean, there's standards are different there. Oh man, now, I I feel like that that you were at Ten Thousand Waves because it was a gift card we gave you for Christmas. That's right. So I feel like I'm deeply connected to this incident. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call you responsible, but no, I mean, <laughs> if anybody's responsible, clearly Ten Thousand Waves is responsible. Yes. No. No question. That was, so, I mean, they should have science for those kinds of things. Seriously. Get out, get out of the hot tub very slowly. Or they could at least have like an infographic or like, of showing get, somebody. Or yeah, or get it before you get out of the hot tub, go ahead and I'd recommend putting your trunks back on. Right, um, in just case in, case, in case you pass out. You know, one of the best things about <laughs> 10,000 Waves you. is the Japanese bidet toilets with their control panels. But the control panels have infographics. You don't need to be able to read Japanese to know that this is the hot air that's going to blow on your butt. <laughs> they could have Japanese are good with their their icons. Yes. Their, yes. They could do it. I think that's what they should do. Oh, man. All right. Well, maybe this has gone long enough. So thank you for tuning in to Operatory 9. And we look forward to catching you next time around. Make sure you wash your hands. <laughs>